discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is, that is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. 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 I'm sharing concerning the five levels of renewal of the mind. Five levels of the renewal of the mind. If you read the Bible, the Bible lets you know that the born again experience is not to the end. It's just the beginning of a relationship with God. Do you see? It's the doorway. To relating with God. So the born again experience is not it's not the end. It's it is a means to an end. It is a means to an end. The Bible talks a lot about the salvation of your soul. Okay, the salvation of your soul. Because salvation actually happens to your the first level of salvation is with your spirit, the human spirit. After that, there's more. There's more. Because your soul is not born again. Your soul is not saved. But your soul can be saved. You see. Your soul can be saved. Your soul has to be renewed. Or your mind has to be renewed. The more your mind is renewed, the more you understand the born again experience. And the more you understand who God is. And you understand what God has actually made you for. The more you produce results. The results that God wants you to produce. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have Christians who... um, don't have anything happening in there. Like, it's, nothing is working. I don't know if you've seen some before. Nothing is working. They don't know the benefits of the born-again experience. They don't know the benefits of what has happened to them. For many, they are waiting to die and go to heaven so that they may live in heaven and be happy in heaven. But that is not the, 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 the only promise of God. The only promise of God is not heavenly. Heaven is powerful, but heaven is um, a bonus actually hallelujah heaven is the bonus if you're going to live here and just suffer and not know what to do with yourself for many years if you're going to live for 80 years and you're 25 now how many more years do you have you have 55 long years it means you're going to be enduring on earth you get it 55 long years of endurance hoping and waiting that you die and then go away for many, it's like that, but it's not supposed to be like that. It's not supposed to be like that at all. There's a way. God wants us to succeed here on earth, okay? Because our success here on earth has to do with our success in heaven. We don't just go to heaven. In Kumasi, there are areas. There are areas. There are various areas in Kumasi, isn't it? There's in Shiaeso, there's Atasumanso, Ahujo, Santase, Dabai. Bwedi, Ejazongo, Bokrum is there, Moshizongo is there. They are all these areas, isn't it? We are all in Kumasi, but in Kumasi there are various areas. In the same way in heaven there are various areas. 
There are various departments. There are various levels. They are not the same. So there are those who have put their hope there that they will, they will go to heaven. Heaven gates. and they will go. You will go. There's nothing wrong. I'm not saying you will not go. You will go. You will be there and you will be happy. But there are levels. And those levels are determined by how you live your life here on earth. Can you imagine that how you live here on earth has a lot to do with how you would live in the heavens. You see, you didn't, you didn't know you're going to be born into Ghana. If you knew, you would have changed things. I'm telling you, it's one of the major things that you would have done. You would have changed things if only you knew you were coming here. Some people would not have even wanted to be born to their parents. Oh, you may not say it out loud, but it's something you've thought about. If we're singing glory, hallelujah, he's alive, and we will celebrate our king and shout out loud. That one you will shout out loud. But this particular one, you may not shout out loud because you don't want anybody to hear. Hallelujah. Yeah, it may be part of your thought processes that, ah, I wish if only I could have come as a Swiss or as a, as a Danish or an Australian or Chinese or something. If only I could have come as something else. You, you, you didn't have anything to do with it before you realized you were here. It's good you are here. Maybe if you are born as an Australian, you would not be born again by now. You get it? Hey. So whatever has happened is good. But our looking forward, going forward, we have a lot to do with it. You can determine where you would be in the heavens. And you can determine your place with God. It's up to you. Why do we read our Bibles? We read our Bibles because we want to have a good place with God. Okay? There are many things that come before you. You have a good place with God. Life can be beautiful. Life can be wonderful. Life can be exciting. That is how God has created it for it to be. Beautiful, exciting, full of joy. Upward movement only. No downward movement. A future full of greatness and hope. Full of excitement. That's the kind of future God has given to us. That's the kind of life that God has given to us. To live. Jesus made us know exactly why he came. He says, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In John chapter 10, verse 10. Then he says, but I am come that you may have life, and have it to the full. I came so that you may have life, and enjoy life. Have it in abundance. That's why he came. Hallelujah. But when you become born again, and you don't have understanding, you'll be surprised that you not you you think nothing has happened to you. Okay? You think nothing has happened to you. If you don't change your mind and your thought processes. God needs your mind or else he can't help you. God needs your mind. He does. If he doesn't get your mind, he cannot help you. Sometimes some people come for healing. Sometimes some people are saying, this man of God is not powerful. This man of God is powerful. The powerfulness is dependent on you, not on them. Okay? If you don't believe I'm anointed and I can say something in your life and it will happen, nothing will. It will not happen. And it's in your mind. It's in your mind. If you don't think that something powerful can happen, it will never happen. You can jump from one church to the other. You th- it's not in the man. It's in your believing of the man. <laughs> that is the truth. Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. The second Chronicles, he mentions, I says, believe in the Lord and it shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall what? Prosper. You shall move forward. You shall break forth and do well. If you don't believe, you will not do well. You will not break forth. That's the truth. Hallelujah. So God needs your mind. If you are not thinking right, you will not get the right results. You see. If you are not thinking right, you will not get the right results. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God needs your mind. 
First of all, he needs your body. Then he needs your mind. Sometimes I was sharing concerning what you should do with your senses, your five senses. Okay. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible shows us very, a very powerful scripture. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living what? A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I preached extensively about this thing about two years ago. I want you to get that message. Okay? I preached concerning your reasonable service. I, I spoke about how the Gentiles were not part of God. The Bible says they were godless. They were without God. <laughs> okay? They were without God. They were godless. Then God through Christ reconciled the Gentiles to him. Then he explains how <laughs> all the Gentiles were headed for hell and headed for destruction. Okay? Then he, he asked them, if I've done all these things for you, then your natural response, if someone has done something, if I gave you a billion dollars, will you turn and insult me after giving you the billion dollars? Will you do that? What do you think will happen to you if you did that to me? Well, I'll have counseling session with you, isn't it? We'll have a very serious counseling session. If someone bought a car for you, you drove the car for three days, you saw the man walking by the street, there was some water there, and then you just splashed the water on him. Even if the car is in your name, even if he did the car, he made the papers, everything in your name, what? just try and wrap your mind around some of the probable things that can happen to you. He can take his car away, isn't it? Yes. Because we're witnesses. There are people who were there when he was giving it to you. And he can come back for it, even though it's your name in there. You can take him to court, but he'll win. Yes, he'll win. Hallelujah. So he says, because of all the, this particular scripture is from a lot of, it's from Romans chapter, if you want to understand this particular scripture, you have to start from Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11. Then you understand this particular phrase here. This particular verse here. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. He says, which is your reasonable service? It is your reasonable service. Why is it your reasonable service? It's reasonable because if you consider all the things that God has done, the only thing to say, to do to say thank you to him is to give your body out to him. Do you get it? Yeah. How can I say thank you to God for all the things that he has done, he has done for me? He says, give your body. That's the first place. It is your reasonable service. Hallelujah. Your reasonable service. Okay? So get that message. If you get that message, you understand this particular verse. But that is not my focus for today. The next, the next thing is my, is my focus. Look at verse 2. So he tells you, giving your body is your, is your reasonable service. Then he says, and be, be not conformed to this world. And be not conformed to this world. You see? And be not... Let's read the Amplified. Probably Amplified will show us some more. Okay? He says, and do not be conformed to this world. This age... Then it says, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. Hallelujah. Fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. You can be born again, but your thought processes will be that of the world. You see, the way you do your things will be that of the, the way, I mean, the way you think will be that of the world. God can't help you. You are not so different from the one who is not born again. If your mind is not renewed, you are not so different from the one who is not born again. Because you are not aware of what you have. You are not aware of what, what you can do and what you can be. Hallelujah. And if you are not aware, you can go for years and years and years and years and years. There are too many people like that. There are too many Christians who are seeking things. Seeking so many things. Not seeking the right thing. If only they will seek to get this particular thing done. Change. You see, they think that the thoughts they have about God is not correct. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The thoughts they have about God is not correct. They see God as, do you know Loto? Loto. You know Loto, isn't it? Loto says that, give me five cities. 
Okay? And if you win, I'll give you 100,000 Ghana cities. That's, lo- that's lottery, isn't it? Bring five, I'll multiply it for you. I mean, that is how they see God. They think that God is someone who can just multiply something for you. Hallelujah. But God is not like that. God doesn't just give things out. God doesn't do that. He seeks for a relationship and a life of fellowship more than he seeks giving things out to you. If you really understand who he is, you will never ask anything from him, but you have everything. You never ask for anything, but you have everything. If only you understand. That's what I want to help you with. He says, be not conformed to this world. Because there's a way the world does its things. There's a way the world thinks. But be transformed. The word transform is metamorphosis. To, to have a change. A change from one stage to the other. Okay? Changing from one stage to the other. The best example in this particular, with this particular word is with the, 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 the case of the butterfly. How a butterfly changes. The butterflies are, are not, you know, they are not originally born with their wing, nice wings and looking nice and all that. Beautiful wings and all that. They are not born like that. They are born as larvae, like caterpillars. They are even, even before they are, they are not like caterpillars. They are pupae, isn't it? Something larvae, pupa, then butterfly. Three stages. Egg, egg first, then larvae. They are, they are, it's eggs. Small, 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 small eggs. Like maggots. After some time, they become like maggots. That's in their larvae state. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They don't look nice. They don't look attractive. They don't look... You know, you wouldn't want to play with them at that stage. But something is going on inside. If they would just cons- consider and concentrate on what's happening inside, very soon they will become very beautiful for people to be attracted to. Yeah. And that's the, that's the word that is used here. It says, but be transformed. It says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't think like they do. If you think like they do, you will produce the results that they produce. Okay? If you think like they do, you'll be in trouble. But be transformed, metamorphosed, to change, to have a change of state. Be transformed by how? Then it says, by the renewing of your mind. By changing your mind. By changing your mind. By renewing your mind. <laughs> by the renewing of your mind. It's very important. If you don't change the way you think, you'll be surprised. Years and years and years and years will go by. And you wonder what is wrong. Why, why are things not working for me? What's going on? Sometimes some people are, have serious sicknesses. Very terrible ones. And it's not changing. They are crying. Nothing. Your tears, if you don't know that your tears does not move God in any way. If only you knew. It's serious. If only you knew that your tears does not move God in any way. Read your Bible. You see that your tears. There's only one kind of tear that God is moved by. It's your tears of joy. And your tears. The second one is your tears on behalf of others. Like crying on the behalf of others. But when it comes to you, when you are crying about something, he doesn't know what to do with you. He's wondering what is wrong with you. It's like a baby crying. You don't know what to do with a baby, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? There are those who cry. They cry, God, why is this thing happening to me? Stop asking why. Who, sh- who else should it happen to? No, who else should it happen to? Hallelujah. Read your Bible very carefully. You'll be surprised what you- at what you will see. There was a day, the second thing that God does not respond to at all is your complaints. Some people are praying, but they are actually complaining. They are not praying, they are complaining. God, I've been in the church for five years, nothing has changed. God, I've been here, I've been faithful, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, nothing has changed. You said if I so, I receive. Where is the, where is the, where is the receiving? <laughs> I've not seen anything. There was this man who was seated, uh, is, is this is found in the book of John. This guy was 
at a pool. Okay. The pool of Bethsaida. And every year, once a year, God will send an angel down to come and come and stir the pool. And the very first person who falls into it will be healed of whatever plague or whatever sickness a person has. Whatever. Now, this particular man had been there for 38 long years. 38 years is not a small, it's a, lo- it's a very long time, isn't it? Yes. Very, very long time. 38. If a man is 38, the man is grown. He's a man. He's a full man, full bodied, whatever. Full able man. Is it true? Hallelujah. The guy had been there for 38 long years. Jesus got there, and I'm sure the guy had heard about Jesus. Jesus got there and asked him, do you want to be well? He started complaining. Say, I have no man to help me get into the water when it is dead. When I try to step in, someone steps in before me. He was giving reasons why it has not worked all these years for him. John chapter 5, the impotent man, this is verse 7. The impotent man answered him, Say, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another stepped down before me. So you see, he's considering other people. And insulting other people. I'm sure he will fight with the one who falls in before him. The guy gets, he comes out of the water. Look at your face. Haven't, didn't you come and meet me here? What is, what is the meaning of all this? You have taken my blessing. When did you come? He was just complaining. Complaining. Jesus asked him, do you want to be well? You see, I think the first thing should have been, I want to be well. Can you help me? Help me to be well. That should have been the first thing. But he started complaining and thinking about all the things that have not worked. Over the period. God does not respond to tears. Have you ever heard of blind Bart- Bartimius? Eh? Bart- Bartimius means son of Timaeus. The guy was crying. He was passing by. And he was crying. Crying. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, his cry could mean two things. That guy is, is a smart guy. He knew how to get people's attention. It wasn't the first time he was doing that. There were many rich people who would pass by that place. And he would cry for money, not because he wants to be healed, but because of money. Hallelujah. So the others were trying to shut him up. Shut up. Why are you disturbing the master? Shut up. Can you imagine that when Jesus met him, when Jesus finally stopped and asked for him to be to come and he came? Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? That was the first thing. Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Ah, shouldn't Jesus have just healed the guy? He should have just touched his eye and then say, Be healed. He could have done that, but he wanted to hear the guy. What exactly, what, what is the meaning of this cry? What, what is the meaning? Why are you crying? Are you crying because of money or are you crying because of something else? What is the reason? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, Mark chapter 10, verse 6. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he touched him and got him healed. There were some people who Two blind men. It's also in the book of Mark. Two or three blind men. They followed Jesus from town, crying. He didn't mind them. Can you imagine how trouble that would be? Some people are following you, crying. You know Jesus is God, right? So when, what Jesus does is what God does, isn't it? Is it true? Hallelujah. Matthew 9. And when Jesus departed then, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, that's one of David, have mercy on us. Crying. Followed him. Look, look at the next thing. And when he was come into the house, he moved from that place into his house. And when he was coming to the house, the blind man came to him. He just said unto them, believe it that I am able to do this. Do you believe? Why are you crying? Do you, your cry does not show that you believe in me. But do you, do you believe what I'm, do you believe that I can do something for you? Am I reading something? Am I saying something out of my mind or is it in the Bible? 
Are you seeing that he doesn't respond to crying? Are you seeing it? Just make your request with confidence. Make your request in faith. He needs you to believe. Just believe you that I'm able to do this. They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Look at the next thing. Then touch he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith. He responds to faith and not to tears. If it's tears of faith, then it's powerful. But if it is not tears of faith, forget it. The Bible says that for without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whosoever cometh to God must believe that he is. Okay? He must believe that he is, that he exists, first of all. And that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him, not those who diligently cry. So you can be crying about some things. It has happened to some, I'll be, I was crying. I was crying. God said, why are you crying? And God showed me a, a verse in the Bible. I was surprised that it was in the Bible. It was in, it's in, it's in Exodus. Moses, when they got to, when they got to the Red Sea, you know, about to cross the Red Sea, everybody in Israel started crying. Ah, ah, and the Israelites could cry. Hey, you read your Bible. If you read the numbers, you see, you see the tears of the Israelites. They will fall on the floor and take dust into the sky and be crying. <laughs> when, when there was this day when uh, I think in Numbers chapter thirteen, when Moses sent the twelve spies to go and spy out the land and come, uh, they, when they came back, ten of them said that, "Listen, the land is full of giants. We were like grasshoppers before their eye, in our own eyes, and before their eyes as well. We cannot take the land. Forget it. Let's go back to Egypt." They had worked for 40 years and they had worked for a long time, not 40 years, they had worked for a long time, got into that place and they saw the land and said, let's go back. This one we cannot take. And they started, when, they, when the people heard that news, they went, everybody, the Bible says, every man went to his tent. Men, they went to their tent and started weeping and crying. They cried. And these people could cry. Okay, this is Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. Eh? Go to the next verse. Verse 2, let's see. And all the children were remembered against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? These people can cry and complain. Yeah. They got arrested, but crying, telling Moses, you, you see, it's because there, there weren't enough tombs in, in Egypt. That is why you allowed us to come here, to come and come and die in the wilderness. This is what you want for us. They were all crying. Moses was trying, to, was trying to encourage them. Moses also cried small. And God said, why are you crying unto me? Stretch forth your hand and divide the sea. Hey, put your faith to work rather than cry. Hallelujah. Someone will say, well, but Hannah cried. Do you remember Hannah? Who was Hannah? Hannah was Samuel's mother, isn't it? Hannah was crying because she needed a child. Hannah cried for years and didn't get a child. The day she desperately prayed to God, that was the day she got her answer. She cried for many years. Penina was mocking her. She was crying and never got an answer. The day she sat down before God's throne, before God's ark, okay, and whispered on her lips with desperation, I need this. This thing has to be done. And promised God that, listen, if you give me this shout, I'll give this shout to you. That was when God answered her prayer. So read the Bible very carefully. You see that God does not actually respond to tears, cries, and weeping. He responds only to faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I will not cry anymore. I will put my faith to work. <laughs> and not cry. And not complain. I will not complain. A lot of people are complaining. Complaining. Why? Why? And they will compare themselves to others in their prayer. Look at this person. 
She just came. They'll be accusing people before God. Sorry. She's even for she's even for Nikita. Look at me, Lord. Virgin like me. <laughs> Look at all I've done for you. <laughs> Nothing's happening for me, Lord. I've kept your way. You can say all kinds of things. Have you ever read concerning the two people who went to pray in the temple? One was a Pharisee and one was a was a publican, a sinner. The Pharisee went, stood before God and said that, God, you know me. You know that I've kept all your word. You know that I've paid all my fights of every single thing that I like. I'm not like this other guy, this sinner. And he pointed to the other guy sitting standing there. I'm not like this other guy. You know, I'm, I'm righteous. I'm, I'm powerful before you. Then the other guy said that, Lord, you know that I am not correct. I know that I am not correct. Help me in my incorrectness. Luke chapter 18. Let's read from verse 12. Uh-huh, verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Continue. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Extortionists, unjust, adulterous, or even as this publican. He pointed to them as this publican. That's a self-righteous guy, isn't it? There are those who complain in prayer and there are those who behave self-righteously in prayer. Yeah. They want God to give them what he wants to give them based on what they, they did or based on what they can. Faithfulness and faith are two different things altogether. They are not the same. God rewards you for your faithfulness. But there are a lot of things that you need to use your faith to take. Okay? That's why some people have been in church for a very long time. They've been faithful. They've been cleaning their church. They've been doing all that. All the rewards that God is supposed to give to you, he's giving to you. You must take it by faith. Did you hear what I said? It's very important. Faith and faithfulness are two different things altogether. I said your faithfulness that what it brings you. God rewards you. You know God rewards you for your faithfulness. That God is not unjust. He's not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love. In that you minister to the saints and you do minister. That's in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. Look at Hebrews 6 10. It says, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. They are rewards. God gives you rewards. Okay? He gives you rewards for what you do for him. If you clean the chest, there's a reward for it. If you clean the, the, the church, there's a reward for it. If you clean the toilet, there's a reward for it. You win a soul, there's a reward for it. All these are being faithful in the house of God. You are being faithful. You are playing the keyboard. It's your faithfulness. You see, you do things without a charge. You, nobody, you are not charging us. There's a reward for you. There is. And that reward is not a reward you get in heaven only. That reward is also here on the earth. Hallelujah. Go to Matthew chapter 19. Look at verse 28 now. 28. And Jesus answered and Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne, Matthew chapter 9, verse 19, verse 28, in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that has forsaken houses, have you seen it? Or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and what? And shall inherit what? Everlasting life. Okay, the one in Mark says it very nicely. That's the one I want to show to you. Mark 10, 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, now the disciples had left us and said, they had followed the Lord. They had been doing everything. They had faithfully, they'd faithfully been our people had left. Jesus preached a very wild message concerning his body and, and his blood. 
that his body's meat is food. Can you imagine if I came to come and preach a message to you and I said, my, my body is meat indeed. My blood is drink indeed. If you do not eat of my body and drink of my blood, you don't have any parts in me. I'm preaching a very serious man. My face has changed. Very serious. What will you do? Will you come to the church again? You say the church is full of cannibals, isn't it? This is a cannibalistic church. We are not coming back. That was the kind of message Jesus preached. And when he finished preaching, the, a lot, the Bible says a lot of people left him. But this is people, they stayed. These 12 people, they stayed. Jesus asked them, won't you leave? Then Peter said that, who shall we, who shall we go to? You are the one who has the words of life. And they stayed. They had been faithful. So Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, that these are people who have sacrificed because of the gospel, done things because of the gospel. He says, if you do any of these things because of me, there are a lot of things you have to lose because of the gospel. Isn't it? Yeah. Maybe you, your type of man that you wanted to marry was a thick tall man, broad-chested, cis-pack, but tossed like this or something. But you realize that if you marry such a person, you may not be able to do what God wants you to do. You get it? You just realize, you, you are, you are there, you realize that, hey, it's to not help me. This person will not even let me go to church. I can't even clean the church like the way I want to clean. So you may not marry such a person. And you end up with someone who, is, who doesn't have any of those things. He has one pack, his stomach is big, his buttocks is flat, he's, he's walking in a certain way. You may end up with something like that. But you did, you've lost you've lost something because of the gospel, isn't it? You'll be surprised that that man will be changed into the image that you really want him to be as time goes on. You'll be shocked. It's the truth. Yes. It says, but he shall receive an hundredfold. The next thing is what I want you to see. It says, he shall receive what? An hundredfold. Where? Now, in this time. He shall receive an hundredfold. Now, in, not, not in heaven. Here. Now, in this time. Houses and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions. With persecutions. You will get it by just like to be with persecution. Nobody will understand why you, you have all these things. Why they are suffering to get a land. The, the person used 20 years to get, used one year to get it. We are not the same, isn't it? But all these things are there. When, as soon as you start sacrificing and start living for the Lord, all these things are brought to you in the spirit. But nothing can be converted from the spirit to the physical without faith. Do you get it? Without faith, nothing can be converted. It's not possible. That is why you must learn about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It cannot happen. You have a lot of blessings in the spirit. Spiritually, you are blessed. Full of blessings. But physically, you realize that nothing has happened. Why? Because you've not learned to appropriate what you have. To access what you have. You may have a lot of money in the bank. But if you don't have an ATM or checkbook and any of those things, you can go and stand in the bank and cry till morning. Ah, give me my money. Give me my money. Give me my money. Give me my money. What is the meaning of the white people? Give me my money. Give me my money. Give me my money. Give me my money. Will they give you the money? All they can do is to counsel you. I'm telling you, listen, you need a checkbook. You need an ATM. Do you even remember how you signed the very first day you came? Do you remember how you signed? If, because if your signature is not correct, they may not they may say that you are an imposter even though your face is there. Can you imagine? Is it true? It's the same in the spirit. 
You can be complaining. The Lord has not been good to me. The angels will be standing there. They'll just be one. Oh, bros. <laughs> what is the meaning of all this? They'll just be talking among themselves. And they'll be counseling you. They'll use us to counsel you. You get it? They'll use us to counsel you. It's not done like that. We don't do it like that. We don't do it through crying. We do it through ATM. <laughs> or checkbook. And the, the spiritual ATM is faith. The spiritual checkbook is faith. Hallelujah. Don't ever renew your mind. <laughs> if you don't renew your mind, a lot of things will not happen. Okay? Yeah. A lot of things will not happen. So God needs your mind. He needs your mind. He needs your mind. He needs your mind. He needs you to think right. He needs you to think right. And there are five levels. Okay? There are five different levels of renewing of your mind. Or five different things that you need to renew your mind concerning. If you don't renew your mind concerning these things, you will not live the life that God has really called you to live. The first one, or the first level, is your knowledge concerning God. Your mind concerning God. What do you think about God as a child of God? What do you think? You see, what is your thought process concerning God? When you think about God, what do you think about that's the first level. The second level is your thoughts or renew your mind concerning the devil. When you think about the devil, what do you think about? You see, do you think the way the world thinks about him? When you think about God, do you think about God in the way the world thinks about God? You see, what I'm sharing with you should detect it's this is what will dictate the pace of your Bible study, the pace of your of your of, of your, the way you study the Bible, the way you pray. It determines every single thing about you. If I am, if I am like that, I'm like this because I think about God in a certain way, and I'm still renewing my mind along that line. If I'm like this, I believe that I'm a success. If if you think I'm a success in any way, it's because I, I have a certain thought concerning the devil, and I'm getting better in that thought every single day. I have a certain thought concerning God. Okay, there's a way I think about God. Apart from these two, the next one. Is your thought concerning you, yourself? Your th- how do you think about yourself? What is your thought process concerning yourself? Okay, so God, Satanus or Satan, Luciferus, Lucifer, Diabolos, called the devil. <laughs> there are so many names. Then the third one is you. What do you think about you? What do you think about you? Do you see yourself as a foolish boy? Or you see yourself as a foolish girl? How do you see yourself? The fourth one is your thought concerning the world. The world. The world. The world. Okay? The world. The cosmos. The arrangements. What do you think? When you think about Ghana, what do you think? How do you think about Ghana? When you think about America, what's your thought process concerning America? You know there are people who always complain about the country. If you are not careful, you will talk and think like every other person. And you'll be surprised that the good of the land will never come to you because of the way you complain about the country. Some people say, where is the money? Where is the money? They say there's money. There's no money in the country. If you start saying that, you'll be surprised that there will not be any money in your, the part of the country where you are. Jesus is not coming now, isn't it? Until your mind is renewed, Jesus is not coming. Do you know you can determine when Jesus will come? Yes, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It says until the bride is ready. When you check the bride, you realize that the bride
is not ready. You get it? Yeah, the bride is not ready. You can know. Jesus may not come until another thousand years or two thousand years. It is possible. He may come today. He may come today. Oh, the Bible says he may come. That's the day and the time when the bride is ready. If a certain group in the, in the, in the body of Christ are matured to a point, he will just come for them and leave the rest who are not yet matured. <laughs> so you have to mature. Do you get it? Bible says a husband man has long patience. Long patience. James 5 7. James 5 7. It says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. It says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband man waited for the precious fruit of the earth, and has long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. He has long patience. So he has long pa- God is patient. Patient for what? P- patient to, to wait for us to mature. You get it? Would you harvest your corn when it is not matured? You wait for it to mature, isn't it? You wait for it to mature. So God is also waiting for our maturity. He's depending on us. You know, in Jewish tradition, a bride's marriage is dependent on her. Okay? Her wedding day is dependent on when she'll be able to weave or sew her own wedding cloth. The day she finishes weaving her wedding cloth, that day she'll be married. Yes. That's how it's done. <laughs> so God is waiting for us to weave our wedding cloth. There's a wedding cloth. You need to attend the wedding in a certain cloth. Revelation chapter 19. Let's read from verse 5. Revelation 19 from verse 5. Then I'll come back to what I'll say. Okay? And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Verse 6. And I heard as it were the voice of great multitude, of a great multitude, and as a voice of many waters, and as a voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Hallelujah. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. Who is the Lamb? Jesus. His marriage is what? Is come. And his wife has made what? Herself ready. His wife has made herself ready. The marriage is dependent on the wife making herself ready. Isn't it? Who is the wife? The church. You and I are the wife. Oh, you don't agree that you and I are the wife. Look at the next thing. Verse 8. Let us, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine lining is the righteousness hmm, of saints. The righteousness, actually righteousness of saints. So, there's a robe for you. He's talking about your righteous acts. Until you start winning souls, you are not maturing yet. You get it? Yeah, there are so many who want to just be in church. And for God to sort them out. That's why pastors must become magicians by force. Yes, you must become magician. If you don't become a magician, the people will not come. Yes, right now that's what is happening. One man ago went to pray for someone. When he finished praying and left, the person called his son and said that your pastor is not wild at all. Ah, what kind of prayer is this? I was expecting to be stomping his feet and shouting and clapping his son. He didn't do any of those, he was just praying normal. She's in the church. She's in the body of Christ. All these people who are wherever, they are all in the body of Christ. They are all children of God. But they see God as pyramid R5, like Lotto. And the ministers too are meeting their need. They'll bless some, some, there are different classes of oil. There's red, there's green, there's blue. There's purple. There's blue, black. And there's deep red. The deep red is for killing your enemies. Meanwhile, the very first thing Jesus said was to love your enemies. And pray for them. And to do good to them. 
who despitefully use you. That's what Jesus. That was the first thing Jesus said. We are not living in like Jesus and Fanoho. You get it. Jesus should take himself. They want to do what they want to do. So winning, win what souls? No, they are not interested in winning souls. They are not interested in raising someone. No, 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 no. They are not interested in that. Most most people in the church are not. They, they are not interested in those things. They want their car. They want their house. They want their success. They want their whatever. Is it true? So they are not yet ready. In Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-six, this husbands love your wives. Husbands love your twenty-five rather. Husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might what sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Verse 27. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be a holy, it should be holy and without blemish. He says Christ is sanctifying the church with what? The washing of water by the word. The word of God is very important. And we use the word of God as the only tool we have. We have not gotten anywhere. Hallelujah. There's no other tool. So don't let anybody take you somewhere. Hmm? All those who move, well, you move from here, you go here, this pastor is powerful, this pa- there's no powerful pastor. There's no powerful pastor. <laughs> there's powerful Jesus. And there's your powerful maturity, your own maturity. Mm. Your own maturity. Hallelujah. So your thought process, your, your thinking concerning God, your thinking concerning, your, you renew your mind along the lines of God, along the lines of what? Of the devil, along the lines of you, along the lines of the world. The last one is along the lines of people. Or men, people, people. Say people. When you see people, what do you think? Do you see? What is your thought process concerning people? You need to renew your mind concerning people. If you start thinking about people the way the world thinks about people, do you know people are actually your tool for prosperity? Money is not prosperity. You see, I didn't, I didn't mention money in, the, in what I, I quoted from, isn't it? People are money. If you don't treat people well, you'll be surprised. God, the devil, yourself, the world, and people. You need to renew your mind. You need to think differently about all these individuals or things, if you like. So let's take God briefly, okay? The very first place to renew your mind concerning God is the fact that God exists. God is real. <laughs> you know, the, the world, most of the people in the world don't think that God is real. They doubt his existence. Is it true? Even some people in church. Some people in church don't believe that God is real. That's the first thing you need to renew your mind along with respect to God, when it comes to God. You need to renew your mind along the fact God is real. The reality of the existence of God. God is there. He's alive. He's not dead. He's there. No, if God is not there, who is responsible? I always ask this question. Why do trees don't, why don't they grow downwards? Why do they grow upwards? What principle are they following? No, who is causing them to grow upwards? Why don't we grow downwards? As you are growing, you grow shorter. Why? Who is responsible for them? The sun coming in the morning and setting in the night. Who is who? Hallelujah. Look at Romans chapter one verse twenty. He is there. Whether you listen, you 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 must believe. The Bible says that whosoever comes to God must believe that He is. He is that He exists. He's real. Okay. God is real. Don't believe those things. Big Bang theory and ape whatever. All that. All those things. They are not. You, they may teach you in school, but it's nothing. <laughs> He says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. There's no human being is without excuse. God exists for the invisible things of him. The, God is invisible, isn't it? Yeah. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says that he's the, he's the express image of the personhood of God, isn't it? God is hidden. Christ is the expression of God. 
Yeah, who being the brightness of glory and the express image of his person. He's the express image of God's person. In Colossians chapter 1, go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. He says, who, he's talking about Christ. He says, Christ, there was a man who walked this earth called Jesus. Okay? Someone actually existed called Jesus who walked this earth and did all the things that you read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. He actually did exist and he was a man like you and I. He was wooing, sweating, getting tired, poo-pooing, doing, going through all the processes that we all go through. He had affection and feelings, like you have affection and feelings. Can you imagine Jesus having feelings? Yes. He was feeling feelings. But the Bible makes us know that he is actually there. He was the image of the invisible God. God is invisible. He is not visible to the eyes. He is not visible to the That's the truth. He's not visible to the eyes. So you can't feel after him with your eyes or feel after him with your physical senses. God can be known. The reality of God's presence can be known if you allow your spirit man to follow after, to get to know him. We can know God by our spirits. Have you seen your spirit before? Do you think you're a spirit being? You are not a body. Are you a body? If we're bodies... You see, the world thinks that we are bodies. That is why they glorify dead bodies like that. They are can't call their funeral ye. Have you heard it before? A ye. It's actually ayeyi. It comes from the word ayeyi. Do you understand ayeyi? What does ayeyi mean in English? Praise. Praise or glorifying. Isn't it? Hmm. So their funeral is actually praise. That's why they eat like that at the funeral. And dance like that at the funeral. And get girlfriends at the funeral. Is it true? That, what, it's, but that body sitting there, someone is... Chatting someone. They go, what they happen? This Avering, what do you think about this Avering? Yeah, they will just do everything quickly. Yeah, because in their minds, and it is not a thought that the accounts have, only the accounts have. Everybody has it. Okay? The Europeans have allowed themselves, has allowed, they've allowed civilization to change them a little. But they are all the same. Ancient Egypt, do you know how they keep their bodies? They would embalm them, isn't it? And keep it for a very long time, many, many, many years. Do you know how many treasures were bearing with those who were dying? And human beings were bearing with them when the pharaohs die. All those who work on the pyramids don't come out. Nobody's coming out. You are all going to be buried with the, with the guy. Yes. You are going to be in there. That's what China was too much. China, they don't, they don't, human beings are not, there are so many, so human beings are like Popo or Mango. The Great Wall of China. Do you know how many people died there? So many. As you are building it, you are dying. So they've celebrated the dead over the years. It's as part of this, the, the, if you go to Brazil, South America, they have they keep the skulls of their 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 relatives. Is it true? They have a, a, a celebration days of celebration in the year, not just one, more than one, where they they they, they talk to the skull of the, the head to answer them and to answer their prayer. Something like they really celebrate the dead because they have it in your in your mind that man is body, but man is not body. Man is not body. Man is spirit. Okay? Why is man spirit? Because God is spirit. And if God is creating someone in his image and his likeness, you create him after his image and his likeness. Spirit. God is spirit. God is invisible. He's, an, he's the invisible God. But for you to get to know him, you use the things that are around to know that someone really does exist. Did this microphone come into existence on his own? Then the microphone came. Is there anything like that? Your wig that you're wearing. The wig just came into existence. You woke up in the morning, you thought about a hairstyle, and the hairstyle just came. Is there anything like that? My dear, how did you get your rasta on? You went to sit down for them to braid it for a long time. Isn't it? How many hours? Do you remember? An hour. Yours is not complicated enough. How, how, some, some is three hours. Is it true? Is it true? How, how many hours? Two. I've seen some four hours. 
and they are there and they are buttons is playing and they'll turn their buttons like this, turn their buttons like this, and turn their buttons like that. Is it true? Yeah. We like it. Do it for us, okay? We like it. Yeah, it doesn't come into it. Just, it, 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 nothing happens like that. Samsung, your phones, did they just show up? You woke up in the morning and you picked up a Samsung. Just picked up a Samsung. And then started working on his own. Is there anything like that? No. So if the stone, you just picked up a stone and then changed it to an iPad, then we'll be picking, then we'll be picking a lot of stones, isn't it? We'll look for the biggest stone. There's nothing like that. So if we don't think that, if it is a law, that none of these things came into existence of their own, and that there were architects behind it, there was someone who planned, not just one person, so many, who planned to make the thing work the way it's working. Okay? There are parts of a phone that are, are, are done in various places. And they, they just have an assembling point. But the production is done. There's a company in charge of the, the, the screen. There's a company in charge of the, 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 the battery, the motherboard, all the, every single thing is being done by a certain group. Then they bring it together and then they put it together. There are people behind it. So if you look at, look, what is more complicated than the human body? The last time I was talking about our eye, the megapixel of our eye. The eye is around 325. Has anybody thought of getting to that level before? They can't, it, it may be difficult for them, isn't it? Yeah. The way we see, it's, it's always be different. It can never be the same. The, the things that are connected, you see, we see one small eye here, but it's connected to a lot of things, to your brain, something, there are some wild things. If something small should go off there, you're going to be in trouble, isn't it? Is it difficult getting access to that thing to go and work on it? It's very difficult. How many years do someone need to go to school to be able to work on something small, ophthalmology? You, want, you have to go to school for a very long time. Minimum of 10 years after medical school. Medical school 6, then subspeciality 4 years. Just to be able to work on the eyes more. Yet, people say that God is not real. We came into existence through an accident. And uh, some of us also came from apes. Or rather, all of us came from... And they are looking for evidence. They are really looking for evidence. Last year, they found a, a certain... Um, um, some bones that look like half man and half monkey. So, it's like... Yay! We found what you've been saying. We are all monkeys. <laughs> if we are monkeys and we, we evolve from monkeys, where did the monkeys come from? And why are there still monkeys? And don't we have the middle development? Like, those who are transitioning... Maybe your uncle is transitioning from <laughs> from a monkey into into a man. Why is why don't we have that? Your beloved is transitioning smartly. <laughs> you are waiting for another five years so that she can become. There's nothing like that. No, if we think all these things were made by people, it takes more faith to believe that one. Do you know it takes more faith to believe that we came from monkeys? Than it takes to believe that we, there's someone in charge of everything. So that's the first thing. You must believe that he is. He's, he exists. He's there. He's not dead. He's alive. The Bible says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. Everything is being held by the word of his power. Everything. He's there. He's there. Okay? Yeah. The heaven. Look at the, look at the heavens. You fly in a plane. You see clouds around you. Yet you look up and there's more space in there. Hey. Who is responsible for the, the bird flying? Hmm? The ostrich. All these things. Actually, brothers and sisters, God is, isn't it? 
says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The first one of every creation. He's the image of the invisible God. But the one reading in Romans chapter one verse twenty. Let's look at it again. It says, "For the invisible things of God, from the creation of the world, are clearly seen." Being understood by the things that are made, you understand by the things that are made. The fact that he's there by the things that are made. Okay? Yeah. How do you explain all these things? How? How? If there's no one in charge, then there's a problem. There's a problem. How can the heavens... Look at how beautiful the heavens are. With stars and everything. Yet the stars are not even close to us. When they say a light year, and when they say light year, Recently, I was listening to one, one minister and he was explaining what the light here means. Yes, it was very, very serious. If, if they say a star is 100 light years away from us, what it means is that the, the brightness that you are seeing in the night of the star, okay, is actually how the star was looking like 100 years ago. Do you get it? It's how the, it was looking like 100 years ago. That's a light, 100 light years. And they are standard as 600 light years. 800 light years. Thousands of light years away from us. They are so far away from us. Yet we can see them. Who put them there? Who? Who? Molecules. Atoms. There was an explosion. and they came. Are you serious? Who caused the explosion? I think, was it last year or last year? I preached around this. I preached a message called God. And I showed, last year, I showed a video. You should, you should look for it. Louis Giggle. Yeah. They are bit ju- They are stars. They are plant. What is it? Sun, suns, stars. Bigger. If the Earth is like uh, a tennis ball or a golf ball, okay, it goes into. You need about hundred thousand of those balls to fit into one small star. You need hundred thousand Earths to fill one small star. Hey. Yet we see that there's not there's no God. Oh no, there's no God, there's no God. There's no God. God is He exists, He's there. You have to change your mind along that line that there's someone who is there who is in charge of my life. You like what I'm saying? Yeah. Someone in charge of my life. The next thing you need to know about God, the next renewal of your mind. I'm showing you so many things though, at the same time. The next level is the fact that this God has Power. He has power. <laughs> you get it? His, his power is he's a very definition of power. I mean, how can you do all these things without power? Did the sun ever get close to you too much? Where the sun is, if we should get, if we just close to the sun, that's the end. All of us will bend. If we move a foot away, all of us will freeze to death. Do you know? Who planned it and put us on the exact axis we are supposed to be on? Because there's no life in any of those other places. Those who are closer to the... The planets that are closer to the sun are too hot. You can't be there. The ones that are far away from us, a little, the next one is too cold. Human life cannot exist there. How come we have a balance? Like, it's like a nice balance. Who is holding everything in this place? He has power. Okay? Say he has power. He has power. He has power. So much power. Do you like what I'm saying? Your God has power. He has power. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Too much. You say, well, he's not dead. He's alive. He's called the only potentate God. 
You see, and amazingly, his power is directed towards you. His power exists because of you. Have you read Ephesians chapter 1 before? Let's read Ephesians chapter 1 verse, verse 19. So that we see it. Okay? Hallelujah. See, I renew my mind. Say it again. According to the working of what? His mighty, he has mighty power. And he says his mighty power is directed towards us. What is the extinguishment of his power? To us, word. It is towards us. Why is God existing? God is existing because of us. Is all these things that I'm saying are actually because of us? You get it? Why is God existing? I, I, the first thing I mentioned was the fact that God is real, isn't it? Why is God real? Why do you need to know about the fact that God is real and that God exists? He exists because of you, because of His relationship with you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Why do you need to know that God has power? He has power because of you. Go to First Timothy chapter chapter six. Let's read. From verse, from verse 14. Can you read it to me? One to go. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Have you seen it? Which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler. Eh? He's the blessed and what? And the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the King of kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The English, the English says he's, he's good. He's a good God. And powerful. He's all powerful. All power. I, sometimes I don't know. I don't even know what to say. His power cannot be defined. You understand? He's English. He says God will cause Christ to appear at the proper time. God is good and he's the only ruler with all authority. He's the greatest king and the most powerful lord. The greatest king and the most powerful lord. He has all power. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because of you. His power is available because of Can you imagine? That is why you should never be afraid of the dark. No, where is God in the dark? Is he not with you? No, it's the same God who says that. He says greater is you than he that is in the world, isn't it? Who is the greater one? If you don't know the greater one who is inside you, you will not be able to live the way you are supposed to live. That's why I'm talking about you in your mind about God. His existence and his power. Do you see? Yeah. If you say greater, God, it, it will work for you depending on what you know about who is inside you. The name of Jesus is all powerful. so powerful. But it will work only when you mention it with revelation. Hallelujah. Do you like what I'm saying? Yeah. You can say, Jesus, and nothing will happen. I. Because you don't know that there's no knowledge concerning what that you don't know the power in that name. Do you get it? You don't know the power in that name. Hallelujah. So your knowledge, your consciousness concerning who God is and what God is, His power, His His existence, and the next thing is His presence. His presence. His presence is everywhere. He doesn't leave you nor forsake you. He's not going somewhere. God God is not limited to one location. You are here. Your roommates may be home. Something. Human beings can be in one place at, the, at, the, at a time. They cannot be everywhere at the same time, isn't it? Is it true? So they are limited. But God is everywhere. And God is everywhere to do you good, not to destroy you. God is everywhere because of you to do you good. That's the next thing. His presence. His presence. And if you learn to make a demand on his presence, you will see his, God's presence is everywhere. But his manifest presence is not everywhere. What is his manifest presence? His manifest presence is when he shows up in a, in a way to give a change, give something to you or help you with something physically. Do you get it? Do you get what I'm saying? 
How many of you like what I'm saying? Okay. Say God is real. And his presence is everywhere. Look at Psalm 139. Let's read Psalm 139. But there's not a word in, on my tongue which is not clear to you, O Lord. Hey. <laughs> Continue. I am shut in my in, in by you and on every side. And you have put your hand on me. Verse 6. Such knowledge is a wonder greater than my powers. It is so high that I may not come yet. Where may I go from your spirit? How may I go in flight from you? He says, where, where? Where are you going? That is not there. You see? Where are you going? That is, he's there. He's everywhere. Look at the next thing. If I go up to heaven, you are there. Or if I make my bed in the underworld, you are there. Continue. If I take the wings of the morning and go to the farthest part of the sea, verse 10, even there will I be guarded by your hand and your right hand will keep me. That's why he's not afraid. If you know that God is with you at all times, you will never be afraid of anything. Why, why should you be afraid of which, a witch? Why? Even when they show themselves up physically, you shouldn't be afraid. But that fear will be determined by the level of your knowledge concerning God. The level of renewing of your mind concerning God. You get it? How many of you understand what I'm saying? Even there will I be guided by your hand, and your right hand will keep me. Hallelujah. If I say, only let me be covered by the dark and the light about me by be night. Even the dark is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day. For dark and light are the same to you. My God is awesome. Isn't it? And this God says, I'm inside you. For God is at work in you both to rule and to do of his own good pleasure. You will not understand the, the, the scriptures if you don't know who this God is. You get you will know, you will not know. It will be mere words for you. But when you know you know these things, yeah, you know that He's everywhere. He's all powerful. He's all powerful. What can't He do? Do you know why God allowed Pharaoh to Pharaoh's heart to be hardened? Do you know why? The Bible says that He did that so that He may have glory. So that all the world will know that He is there. Yes. Yes. And then nothing, nobody can stop him from whatever he wants to do. Try turning water to blood. Try it. Have you tried it before? Your father tried it some time ago. Try raising the dead. Try it. Hallelujah. What, God, what can God do? You know, if you touch a leper, you get leprosy. If you touch a leper, you get leprosy. Jesus came and was touching lepers. Jesus is God, isn't it? He will touch the leper. And the leper will be made whole. Every which whole. Try opening blind eyes and see. Let me take you to one of the blind places. Try and open their eyes. When you go say, eyes open! And see if it will open. Jesus came and said, eyes open and it opened. Jesus came and calmed the waters. God is all powerful. And he's all powerful because of you. God is everywhere. He's everywhere because of you. So I said, his what? The fact that he's real, he's there. The fact that he's what? He's all powerful. The fact that he's, he's presence everywhere. His presence is everywhere. And you can have his manifest presence around you. Okay. The fourth thing is that his nature is that of love. His nature, the nature of God is love. You must renew your mind. What I'm saying to you is not something you get to know in a day. It will take a while. Okay? You understand? So when you're looking, when you're reading your Bible, look for scriptures that talk about the greatness of God. So that you may understand greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you don't understand greater, you see that is in you than he that is about. One small thing, you want to do some small business, you will suffer with it. Ah, this is not like this. Because you don't know that the greater one is inside you, but because you don't know that he's there. It's either you don't know that he's there, or you know he's there, but you don't understand who he is, or what he can do. You'll be limited. 
You get what I'm saying? You'll be limited. Because your mind has not been renewed. You are not thinking right. Even though he's sitting inside you shouting, Listen, I can do this for you. you then you'll be, you'll be crying on the outside. But he's there. All powerful. <laughs> all powerful. But if you don't know, how can you use? How can you use what you don't have? Or how can you use what you don't know you have? One man of God was looking for his phone. Looked and looked and looked. And he was telling people, I can't find my phone. And they were all looking. About four people, they were all looking for his phone. He was still in his car, waiting for them to bring the phone. They looked, 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 looked. Then he realized that his, there was something in his pocket. He was wearing a suit like I'm wearing. There was something in his pocket. Something had, so this is this. So he decided to check. When he checked, it was his phone. He said, oh, come back. I found it. He's it's been with me all this while. They've been looking for it for an hour. Why? Because he doesn't know what he has. You don't know what you have. You see, what I'm telling you now is what multiplies grace unto you. This is the source of multiplication of grace. If you read in Second Peter chapter one, okay, you may not know, but I'm telling you now. Second Peter chapter, let's read from verse one. Second Peter one one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you love Jesus? Simon, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? 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 Through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus our Lord. Have you it? Grace and peace be multiplied. Do you know what grace is? Grace is God at work in you. Grace is God at work around you. Grace is God's influence. That's what grace is. How can you have God's influence around you going higher and higher if you don't know who he is, his power, his presence, and his nature? How it will not happen. In Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace. He says, how much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness they shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. How can you receive abundance of grace if you don't know? Hmm? If you don't know God. If God is at work in me, what can't I do? If God is at work in me, what can't I do? And if I know who this God is, is he the one who made the heavens? If he has been able to beautify the heavens. Okay, maybe the heavens are too far away. Look at Abraham's life. Look at Jacob. Look at Isaac. Look at all these men of Joseph and all that. He took Joseph from prison to, to prime minister, isn't it? What can't he do? He has CV. God has a CV. His CV spans from the heavens to the earth, to under the earth. If you don't know his CV, you will not know what he can do. And you will not employ him in your life. You will not be employed. You will be there, but you will be saying, Oh, it's just one just... Even the devils, the devils, the devils know that he's there, and they tremble. They know his power, and they shake. You must know his power. What can he do? What can God do? What can't he do? The question should be, what can't he do? Because he can do all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bible says that he measures the whole of the oceans between his thumb and his little finger. All the sun of the earth is measured in a small bucket for him. Small bucket. It's not not a ba- it's, have you seen the, the small buckets that the children play with? The small, small, small ones. Those of you, the ladies, when you were growing up, you used to play with small, small things. Like you have cooking utensils, very small one like that. And that's how the whole of the earth you see how you see the distance from here to your village. Your village is very far away. Even from here to Accra. You have to drive for a very long time, isn't it? God doesn't need to drive. And he's inside you. And he says that I am for you. He says, if I be for you, who can be against you? 
God's word will not have weight if you don't know who he is, if you don't know his CV. His words will not have weight for you. And if his words does not have weight for you, you will not be able to enjoy him around you and enjoy him in you and have his working around you and in you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So this is what takes the pace or takes how much grace you enjoy. How much of God you have working in you and working around you. If you renew your mind about who he is. About his existence. Even his existence alone. If you can become very conscious of the fact that God is with you. And God is in you. He's like, he exists and he's in you. Hey. Why do you think John the Divine was not frying? They were frying him, boiling him, but he was not boiling. Why? Because he knew. He knew that God was in him. God was with him. The knowledge of the fact that God is in me is too much. You see, I'm saying it, but the more you think about it, the more you renew your mind along that line, the more it works in you. Do you get it? Yeah. You become like spirit. Your words mean something. You see, Angel Gabriel said to, 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 Zach, uh, to Zachariah, when Zachariah was trying to challenge him and say concerning how it was not possible for him to have a child, he said, that, Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I am Gabriel, who standeth before the Lord. I stand. I'm coming from the presence of God. What are you talking about? What I say is what is going to happen because I'm coming from the presence of God. That's what he said, isn't it? We don't come and go from the presence of God. We are the presence of God is in us, and we are in the presence of God. Can you imagine? You have to. Or else it will not mean anything to you. You get it? It will not mean much to you. It will not mean much to you. Bob says that we are the temples of the living God. We are the temples of the living God. God is inside. The greatest revelation of the Old Testament was God with us. The greatest revelation of the New Testament is God in us. Moses said to God, if you do not go with us, we will not go. Moses was caught in for the presence of God to go with them because he knew what the presence of God could do. What can be a limitation if you know that God is with you? If you know that God is in you? Hey. And if you know the CV of God, that's what I want to talk to you. If you know the CV of God, what can God do? What has God been doing? Read your Bible with that consciousness. When you are reading it, look for what God has done. And renew your mind. Change your thoughts. And they say that your mother is sick. You don't say, hey, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. The first thing you do, you, you say is that, thank you, Father, that is well. She's well. I'm the God that what? That he let thee. He can heal. You heal them. It's an opportunity to show his power. You will not be complaining. If you don't renew your mind, you will complain. Remember, you complain, you cry, you say foolish things. Yes. Carry it not that that we perish. So that's what you say. They forgot that the God of all gods was with them. He made all things. What can't he do? What can't he do for you? Are you looking for a job? Why can't he get it for you? The job is spending. Check your knowledge concerning it. Maybe you, you see him as a small person. You can be considering God as a very small person in your life. And you may not know it. You may think that God is very small. God can't do much. And when you even think about it, you think that God can't do much for you. Maybe you do it for another person, but not for me. That's the fifth thing you need to know about God. You see, the first thing was that you need to know about the fact that he exists. The second thing was that you need to know that his power. The next one was his presence, isn't it? The third one was the fact that he's love. His nature is the nature of love. He has the nature of love. The fifth thing is that you are the object of his love. You. You are the object of his love. That's the that's fifth thing you need to know. The fact that you are the reason for his existence you see, I said it some time ago. It's, I think it's when you when you are playing our video, you hear it. God 
gave himself and is as an inheritance to you, isn't it? Yes. God exists because of you. Can you imagine? But that God exists because of us. I am the object of his love. I am the beloved of God. <laughs> yes. God exists, because, can you, God exists because of me? Me? Say God exists because of me. Say it like you mean it. God exists because of me. I don't mind if you don't believe it now. Just think about it some more. That's the purpose of renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind comes through meditation. So I'm asking you to meditate on God, His power, His presence, His nature, okay, and His the object of His love. You are the object of His love. If I am the object of God's love, you see, when you love somebody, you do everything for the person, isn't it? Is it true? Have you fallen in love before? Someone says he's still lying down in love. He has fallen long ago. He's still lying down. Who can be against us? No, if God before that is why I can sleep. You get it? I can. Bible says He gives His beloved sleep, satisfies him with long life. I'm not dying now. You know, I'm not dying now. Or better still, I'm not dying at all. The earlier you believe that, the better it will be for you. The Bible says that He has brought immortality and life to light. Yeah, by the gospel. God, say God. Man. His power, his presence, his existence and reality, his nature, and the object of his love. I am the object of his love. I am the object of God's love. Why should I be depressed? Why? What is depression? That's why I was asking, he was asking Job, Do you know do you know who I am? Do you know who you are talking to? Have you heard those scriptures before? He asked him, Do you know who I am? Job thirty eight, isn't it? He said, Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Do you know who you are talking about? Now, let me ask you, so do you know the one who stretched the equator upon the earth? Do you know the foundations of the earth? Do you know where snow, snow comes from? Do you know where snow comes from? Do you know the, the keys of darkness, of death? Do you, do you know where it is? I know, although, do you know? God started talking to him. You, see, you need to read the scriptures to know who it is that you are associated with. I'm connected to divinity. I'm connected to the divine. That's the one. I'm connected to God. Yes. What is cancer? How can cancer exist in my body? Can cancer have the same place, same location with God in me? It's not going. It's not. It's not going to work. No, no, it's not possible. It's not possible. Why? Why? How can cancer exist in my system when God is inside me? This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Unless you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, or unless you don't know who God is, then cancer can exist there because cancer knows that you don't know. If he knows that you don't know, then he will come. Can I show you a scripture concerning ignorance? What I'm telling you is about getting knowledge of God. Renew your mind. You see, there's the other side of being ignorant. Notice that my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. They don't know. That is why they are dying. That is why they are. Since they know not, neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. I have said that you are gods, and that you are the children of the Most High. But you shall die like one of the princes of this world. Why? Because they know not, neither do they understand. If you don't know, you are in trouble. If you don't know, and that is what the devil wants to happen to you, if only he can keep you in ignorance and not let you know, and not let your mind get to know, and get your mind to get to know it even more and more and more. There are different levels of revelation, or different levels of knowledge. Different levels. Renew. I said that I'm still doing. I'm still renewing my mind concerning this. But as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, as I'm in the state in which I am, 
what result, the results I've produced in my life in any form or in any way. The reason I'm not afraid of doing things. God, God, the, the first thing that God mentions when he appears to someone is fear not. Fear not. It's in the Bible 365 times. Meaning that one for each day. Fear not. Fear not. What are you afraid of? Why don't people do things? Why, why don't they? Why, why, is there, why is there a lack of confidence, a lack of boldness? Because they are afraid. What if it doesn't happen? What if they reject me? What if they refuse me? What if they... You want to go and propose to a lady, you're afraid. You want to apply to a company, you're afraid. Yes, I was being told about one of our ladies, a lady in church. When a lady came to church, she, was, she used to insult herself. I'm dumb. From her home. That was how she had been raised up. You are dumb. You are nothing. So that was what she believed. I'm dumb. My parents are wasting their money on me. Those are some of the things that she was saying. I'm useless. There's no future for me. I'm not beautiful. Constantly saying these things. I mean, you can try to change it. It wasn't working. So she sat down in the church. And we're talking about these things. Some of these things. What I'm sharing with you now is what... What I'm sharing... This is not the first time I'm sharing this. I've said it so many times. And I'll keep sharing it. Because you need to hear it every single time. She started hearing about that. She has become... She became so confident that she had confidence enough to start her own business. I was surprised. Her average even changed. By seven or eight from the time we met her to the time she finished school. And she became a TA. Started a business, a company, which is working. And applied to a very big company. Can you imagine when she was applying for jobs? She didn't consider any of the small companies. Why? She doesn't like, why should I go to a small company? I'm a child of the most high. Why should I go to a small company? So she took her CV to the biggest companies, five star companies, gave, distributed her CV to them. Was calling and made sure they gave her the job. She's starting work tomorrow. Yes. Make sure. Listen, give me the job. I am there. I am qualified for you. I can do the thing. And they made a very big person in the place. If you don't believe in your the fear is too much. You see, the children of God have too much fear. Why? Because they don't know the one who is in them. The fear of rejection. You don't want to be rejected. The fear of being laughed at. You get it? The fear of being laughed at. You feel like you'll be laughed. Someone will laugh at you. You feel like you are nothing. You feel like... So, you, 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 you cut your coat according to your size. Eh? So, so, you don't know your size. If you were cutting... If only you were cutting it according to your size, really. You, because your, God is your size. Sizeless. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, I'm going somewhere. See, I renew my mind. Say that I renew my mind. I will do big things. God never did small things. He always does big things. How can God be in you and you be doing small things? No. We do big things. God is. Who's coming to God must believe that he is. He is. He's the rewarder of all those who diligently seek him. Yeah. Why did David chase after Goliath or run towards Goliath when Goliath took a step against him? Why did he do that? Why? Because inside, you see, there was something inside. He had been meditating on God and his power and his influence. Why was David able to kill a lion? The lion came for David's lamb. And David did not run away from the lion. He chased the lion to go and take his one. There were so many others. And his father wouldn't have said anything. Lion came. Even the father hears, a lion came. What did you do? Are you fine? It's not the sheep that we are looking after. We are looking for. It's you we are thinking about. He chased after the lion. Why? Because he had read in the Bible that God used someone called Samson to kill a lion. Samson opened a lion's mouth, tore it into pieces, like pizza. <laughs> so when he read that, he believed it. He thought about it. He allowed his mind to be changed along that line. Do you see? Yeah. 
So when trouble came, when the lion came, he chased after the lion. When the bear came, he chased after the, the bear. When Goliath took a step against him, everybody was afraid of Goliath. Everybody was afraid of Goliath. Everybody. He charged towards Goliath. He charged towards the problem. Why? Because, you see, David made, he made mention of why he was going to do what he was going to do. He said that the God of Israel is the one you have defied. And he will give you over to me. He will, I'll pluck off your head off your shoulder. That's what David was saying. I'll pluck. He was just con- making confession. You see, he, his system had been changed. That's what renewal of mind does. It changes your entire system. Your natural response becomes that of God and victory. And you think victory, not defeat. You think we can do it, not I can do it. No. You think we can do it. It can happen. Not, eh, I don't know if. Am I even, hmm, am I even sure this is good? No, no, no. See, I renew my mind. I renew my mind. Hallelujah. See, I'm going somewhere. If God be for me, who can be against me? God is at work in me. Yeah. God is at work in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. Through him that loved me. Overcome this world. Yeah, all things are working for my good. You see. Speak if you know. Do you know where snow comes from? Do you know do you know where it is? Your father gave you the keys of snow. God says, I know. I know where it is. I know where it is. I see you going forward. Seriously, I see you doing so well. You see, that is why I know that you will be you, you will do great things in this world. I know it. I know it. Because of what we are sharing with you. I know it. Don't I know you control billions. God said that the silver and the gold are mine. He's sitting inside you with the silver and the gold. If you know that he's sitting inside you with the silver and gold, you will not be worried, isn't it? See, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. See, I'm a success. I'm, a success. See, I'm not a failure. I'm not like that with failure. See, I'm full of confidence. I'm full of, I'm full of faith. I'm full of, I'm full of power. I can do great things. And I will do great things. When you're you taking your, 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 your you're going for a visa application, don't be, don't be thinking about refusal. The world is yours. Everywhere, everything is his. And he says that whatever is his is yours. See, I'm blessed. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.